If you have been studying for the SAT and you can't get past that darn score, 1450, because the reading section is drawing you down because you keep missing about eight to 12 questions, well, you should probably hit the subscribe button because you're probably gonna learn how to fix that. But if you hate the SAT, you should also hit the like button. But if you like the SAT, then you probably should just leave the channel. I don't know what you're doing here. Welcome back, guys. Let's go live podcast on this Friday. Happy Friday. I am excited for the weekend, but super excited for today. Getting a lot of questions on standardized testing. Who should take the SAT still? Like, seriously, who should take it? And I, I, we've been getting this question from a lot of people. Is it doesn't even matter anymore. I heard it doesn't. I heard it's everybody's going optional. UCs aren't even taking it. Dan, ready, edge, go. Should we take the SAT? And let me just kind of spell it out for you guys. There are some students who should, and there are many students who shouldn't. So let's get into it. Let's start with who should take the SAT. I'm going to start with the primest candidate to take the SAT still is an 11th grader. If you're in 11th grade and you are a strong prospect for the National Merit Scholarship finalist or semi-finalist position, okay? Meaning if you are taking practice test scores, uh, to practice test and your scores are coming in at around somewhere between 1500 and 1550 consistently, okay? On an actual official SAT practice test out of 1600, you should strongly consider taking the SAT because to this year, College Board is allowing you to submit, okay? An official SAT score in place of the PSAT, right? So if you're 11th grade and you think that you can get the full 1520 points for the PSAT, the official National Merit Scholarship qualifying test, right? Or NMSQT, you should strongly consider taking that test because, well, why not, right? One, qualifying as a semifinalist or finalist for the National Merit Scholarship looks good for college admissions because it's an award or accolade you can report on college apps. And two, okay, it saves mom and dad some money, or you, if you're planning on paying for your own college tuition, right? Roughly half of all finalists get some money, and I think that's roughly worth 2,500 bucks. Not all your tuition in college, but hey, something, right? Something, 2,500 is not bad, better than nothing. So that's case number one. Case number two, who else should take the SAT right now, right? And that would be the 11th grader looking to offset low grades. So if your transcript has been rocky over high school, right, especially in 10th and 11th grades, maybe you didn't get that second semester uh, grades from 10th grade because of COVID, right? Your, your district maybe went past no pass, or maybe it's just been a little bit rocky. Maybe your overall is like A's and B's and A's and B's, right? Well, getting a high score on the SAT may offset some of those low grades for at least for the universities that are accepting it during their evaluation process. Not all schools are, but if you're applying for colleges that are test optional, that are taking into account your test score in their admissions evaluation process, getting a score, a test score that's stronger than your GPA, okay, would benefit you potentially, right? Because that's historically how colleges have used the score. Overall, your unweighted GPA is probably the most important metric. And I think I've spent a couple of episodes talking about that and I will continue to, okay? <laughs> because it tells a reader how you've done. But if it's not the whole picture and you have another data point to show me that you do have the aptitude necessary to graduate on time from my university, 
give it to me, right? Whether that's AP exam scores, SAT subject tests historically, right? Or the SAT or ACT. So here's the kicker, guys. Are you projecting the score to be higher than your GPA? Simple math here, okay? Let's take your overall unweighted GPA, divide it by 4.0, and multiply it by 1600 to find out what your SAT equivalent Okay, your, your equivalent to your GPA is. And if your practice test scores are coming in at higher than that, then I would recommend taking that test to offset, potentially offset some of your lower grades. So let's go through a simple mathematical example. All right, let's say you are an overall 3.5 student. Okay, that's counting ninth grade, 10th grade, and so far your first semester, 11th grade, right? Okay, 3.5 divided by four is 0 0.875. Right, and if we multiply that by 1600, we get 1400. So if you're a 3.5 overall cumulative unweighted student and your practice test scores are at 1330 to 1370, and maybe there was an outlier, one day you got 1440, but generally speaking, if your range is 1330 to 1370, you should not take this test, not the official one at least. Why? Because why would you report a test score that's lower than your GPA, guys? <laughs> Let's use some common sense here, okay? So stop wasting your time and studying for this test and registering for this test if your practice test scores aren't even showing you where you need to be, okay? So if you're gonna wanna report this score, it needs to be higher than your GPA, okay? In terms of equivalency, all right? So that was just rough math, okay? You can do similar rough math for the ACT to determine whether or not that would be, you know, maybe another option for you, okay? so. To recap, the students who should strongly consider taking it right now, the SAT, one, the student who's really seriously going after the National Merit Scholarship and is usually averaging somewhere close to 1,500 to 1,550 consistently, or you're in 11th grade, right, and you'd like to offset some of your lower grades or cumulative GPA by presenting another aptitude or data point for aptitude, right? As long as your test scores are coming in higher than your GPA equivalent, I would recommend absolutely taking it, trying to get that impressive score and reporting it to offset, hopefully, right, for the schools that are, are taking that, into, that aren't taking that into account. So let's talk about who shouldn't. So who should not take the test right now? Right? I'm not talking about a year from now. A lot can change in a year or two, as we've seen with COVID, right, and test policy. Right now, who should not take the test? Number one, if you are in 11th grade or you have a student who's in 11th grade and you have strong grades, meaning like practically all A's, Okay, yet, right, maybe your test score is not projected to get the semifinals or finals position for the PSAT, right? Forget about it. It's okay. You're already there because this is a unique year, guys. Due to COVID, a lot of schools are just looking at the GPA, right? Specifically, UCs, CSUs, and so many schools that are test optional. All the numbers is just going to come down to, okay, how did you do? What courses did you take? How'd you do, right? How many A's can you give me? So if you're in 11th grade and you're with strong grades, right? And maybe you don't care too much for going for the 2,500 National Merit Scholarship, right? Or maybe your practice test scores aren't telling you you can. It's all good. No need to pressure yourself and add a something else to have to study for. Parents, save yourself a couple thousand dollars. Don't send your kids to boot camp for crying out loud, right? It's a boot camp. They're not soldiers. They're human beings. They're your children, okay? If you're an 11th grader and you have strong grades from a strategic advantage standpoint, you do not need to take an SAT because you already demonstrated the aptitude, especially if you took 
you know, rigorous course loaders. And if you didn't take rigorous courses and you have a high GPA in that case, well, then maybe just take some college courses for a grade, right? When you get to the summer, okay? So who shouldn't take it? 11th grader with super strong grades, not too interested in maybe qualifying for the national merit. Number two, right? Who shouldn't take it? High schooler with no algebra two or no geometry. This is crazy. I don't know why, but parents are telling their kids to go take this SAT, sending them to lead Excel, perfect 1600, whatever XYZ company it is. And their kids haven't even learned algebra two. Guys, you're setting yourself, your kids up for failure if you do this. Here's why, because a big part of the test on the math section is Algebra 2. And let me take a further guess. If your kid is going to go take this SAT without having Algebra 2 in their, their belt, my guess is they're not even ready cognitively for the other sections either, be it the writing section or the reading section, which usually is the most difficult for most Silicon Valley you know, families, right? Because we tend to emphasize the STEM so much that they forget to even read past the eighth grade. And we'll talk about that some other day. But point is, guys, why would you send your student to a test training center, have them take drill and kill tests if they don't even have the foundational knowledge to do well. I don't care how many tests you take. If you don't know quadratics, you don't know quadratics, <laughs> right? It doesn't matter how many times you take the test. You can't somehow magically guess it, okay? Uh, so guys, if you're a high schooler or if you are a parent of a high schooler um, who hasn't taken an algebra two class or geometry class in full and doesn't feel, you know, is not proficient in that, let's not. Don't register for an official exam. Have that student properly learn those subjects. Okay, and I say properly because some of my students go through these, these triple accelerated paths, geometry, algebra two, pre-calculus combined, right? Even if you get an A in that class, I would still raise a eyebrow as high as I could, okay? And question, did you actually properly learn those things? How much of this did you actually retain? Let me give you some questions you haven't seen before. Let's see if you can solve it, right? Because chances are in those cases, right, they didn't properly learn it. So if your student isn't properly focused in the foundation in those math classes needed, forget about it, okay? And I guess I'll say this for another day, but this so often happens with reading, right? Why is it that, you know, we send our kids to these, these practice test centers and our kids can't for the life of them get anything better than 600 or something or 650 on the reading section. Why is that, right? It's because guys, their foundations in critical reading and thinking and critical writing are stuck. They're frozen back in the last time they actually liked to read, which was likely Harry Potter or Percy Jackson in the sixth or seventh grade. <laughs> Ever since then, they've just been on TikTok, Instagram, Snapchat, YouTube for their entire lives, right? Of course, if they're not reading, they're not going to get be good at it. And yet we just stick them into these test centers all day, every day, right? So that's not the key. So coming back to the topic, who shouldn't take this test? If you're lacking foundational knowledge, don't take the test. And better yet, guys, stop sending your kids to a test practice test center if they don't even have the knowledge, because the knowledge is 80% of the battle. I used to train at a very high level students for the SAT and the ACT right, for years. And this is what I found, 80% of the battle, if not 90% of the battle, is just foundations, okay? Last case of student who should not take the official exam this year, SAT. If your test score, simple, equivalent is lower than your GPA in your practice test. I've already mentioned this on who should take, let me just reiterate. Every year I encounter students 
who were like, okay, hey, I'm wondering when I should register for the test. Should I take it in May or should I take it in August? And I'm like, you're asking the wrong question. It's not about which month should you take it. No, 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 no. How about this? You should take it when your practice test scores are telling you what you want, right? So it's, it's so simple. It's like, okay, if I'm a 3.9 student, why would I report and take a test that I got a 1300 for? That doesn't help me. Guys, taking the SAT automatically does not help you. <laughs> and especially if it's an optional component today, it doesn't help you if it looks worse than your GPA. So if your practice test scores, I don't care how much you've practiced, if, if your practice test scores are lower than your GPA equivalent, again, simple math, take your test score, general average divided by 1600, multiply it by 4.0, right? Or vice versa, right? And if it's lower than your GPA, guys, don't register for an official exam, make the adjustments you need to during practice to make sure your practice test scores are showing you that you're consistently earning where you, well, the score you want. And until then, don't register for an official exam and waste your time, give yourself undue pressure. In fact, there's so many other ways of improving your profile nowadays, guys, that aren't numbers related, right? You should probably focus on those while building your foundations to really do better on this test, right? That's not even required by most colleges nowadays. So anyway, guys, to recap, who should take the test? 11th grader projected to get the national merit finalist or semifinalist spot, which means basically you got a score near perfect out of 1520. Who should take the test again? 11th grader looking to offset low grades and has the practice test course to show for it. Who should not take the test? 11th grader with super strong grades, right? But not projected to get the national merit finalist or semifinalist position. And who should not take it? High schooler with no algebra two or geometry, right? On their, on their, in their belt yet. And lastly, who should not take it? if your test score is lower than your GPA. It's pretty simple. And lastly, guys, I'll throw in a bonus one. You don't have to self-report your test scores on the college application if you don't want to. Yes, I said it. And if you're wondering what I just meant with that, shoot me an email and I'll explain it later. <laughs> but if you guys found this useful, please share it, guys. I'm trying to save parents thousands of bucks and I'm trying to save students their sanity from having to go to these summer camps and wasting their lives away and burning time away that they should be using on other things like sleeping, hanging out, and actually spending time productively improving their chances toward college. So if you like this, guys, like, subscribe, comment, whatever. Send us, send us any information or any requests you guys have. Hope this helps. Hope you guys stay safe. I'll see you guys next time. Take care.